Doctor, have you ever wondered, if I stopped seeing patients tomorrow for whatever reason, how would I generate revenue? Well, in this podcast episode, I would like to share with you 10 ways that you can take your medical training, your skills and experience and leverage it outside of the conventional doctor-patient relationship to generate income. So welcome to the Thriving Doctors podcast. Here you will find tips and tools to help you build true wealth. And it's more than just about the money. It's about creating a life that works for you. I'm Dr. Vicki Rackner, your host. I call on my own experience as a practicing surgeon in two decades of entrepreneurship to help doctors like you thrive. In today's episode, I would like to share with you 10 ways that I replaced my income as a surgeon. The inspiration for this podcast episode comes from a conversation with one of my private coaching clients. She was in between jobs and she wanted to figure out some ways to generate revenue. And as I started sharing some of my own experiences, her eyes kind of lit up because a lot of these ideas she had not considered before. So I'm here to sort of get your juices flowing and see what kinds of possibilities there are out there. Here's the main point I want to leave you with today. Your value transcends your ability to treat individual patients. Your medical training and skills and experience and problem-solving abilities can be applied in any number of ways. My first non-clinical activity sort of dropped into my lap. One day I was folding laundry and I got a call from a lawyer asking me whether I'd be willing to take a look at a medical malpractice lawsuit. I thought, well, anything but another load of laundry. So I said, yes. He wanted me to review the record and answer a simple question. Is there a case here or not? You may know, and I'm sorry if it's from your own personal experience, that in order for a plaintiff to prevail in a court of law, they must prove three things. Number one, the physician violated the standard of care of a reasonably prudent physician practicing in that community. Second, the patient was harmed. And third, the harm was a direct result of the violation of the standard of care. Here's what I found in that first case that I reviewed. A patient in her 20s went to the doctor and said to him, I found a lump. I'm worried it's breast cancer. He actually wrote her words there. He examined her, found fibrocystic breast changes, and just reassured her that these were just normal changes. She came back next month, asked for a mammogram. He said, no, you're too young to get a mammogram. A month later, she came back asking for an ultrasound. He said no. And you know what the ending is. Yes, she was right. She did have breast cancer. And by the time she testified in court, she was in a wheelchair because it had metastasized to her bones. So yes, there was a case here. I was an expert in scores of cases of medical negligence. Most of them were just chart reviews. I did invest in what I call deposition charm school so that I could go to the courtroom and testify as an expert. And here are the reasons that it worked out so well for me. First, when you're on the sidelines observing how medical care goes off track, 
It helps you get clarity about how to keep care on track. So I think it made me a better doctor. Second, I could fit chart reviews into my schedule. So if I had a couple of hours during the evening or weekend, I could devote that to chart review. There were very, very few cases where I had to turn things around right away. The third is that it turns out that this is a highly profitable activity on an hourly basis. So I'm glad that I got a chance to do it. This might be of interest to you too. This is probably not a great option for you if you're already traumatized from a recent lawsuit. Give yourself time to heal from that first. My second activity was being a paid speaker. The word doctor comes from the Latin root, meaning educators. We are educators. Do you have a message that you would like to deliver to the world? Well, you deliver it one-on-one to your own patients, but maybe you want to deliver it to broader audience. Becoming a paid speaker is a wonderful, wonderful way of doing this. As a professional speaker, I can get my message into the hands of millions of people, change the lives of huge numbers of people where there was a cap on the number of patients even the busiest surgeon could see in a career. So I love speaking. I made a significant investment in order to become a paid speaker. One of my best moves was joining the National Speakers Association. So there I learned how to speak more effectively and also how to market my services, right? Even if you've got the best presentation in the world, unless you have marketing materials that describe the kind of experience that the audience might expect, it's going to be hard to be hired. As you're thinking about being hired as a speaker, you might be thinking about speaking at medical meetings. However, there are huge numbers of organizations that hire speakers. I've spoken in the business community. I've been an after-dinner speaker. I've spoken to groups of patients. There are many, many options. The next way that I've generated revenue is as an author. So again, we're talking about your message, how you make an impact, how you want to educate. Putting this message in a book is a high leverage way of getting your message in front of many, many people. You might be wondering, well, could I replace my clinical income by writing a book? The answer is maybe, but please don't bank on it. You know, there are some people who have true breakthrough success. If generated revenue with your written word is important to you, then you have options like creating blog posts, getting a lot of traffic, and then generating income by getting advertisers. The reason that I invested in writing these books, quite honestly, was so that I could position myself as an expert and thereby command higher fees for my speaking and coaching and consulting. So I think of my books as $5 business cards, and I hand them out frequently. I will tell you from my experience that having your name on the cover of the book can do magical things. So if you feel like you've got a book in you, 
I invite you to explore getting it out. Um, it's a lot of fun to do. Well, sometimes, sometimes it's not so fun, but people will see you differently, including yourself. You will see yourself differently once you have a book. Fourth, I've generated revenue as a consultant. So a consultant is somebody who usually goes into an organization and helps an organization get from point A to point B. I really have enjoyed being a consultant because I love solving problems. So let me give you an example of a project that I worked on. I was hired by an organization that wanted to decrease the incidence of chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting. They had gone out to oncologist offices and interviewed patients. About 80% of patients described symptoms that met the criteria for chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting. Then they went to the oncologist and asked, what percent of your patients do you think suffer from chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting? They said about 20%. So there was a disconnect, right? So the question was, how do you raise awareness among oncologists that this might be a bigger problem than they expected so that more patients would get pharmacologic relief from chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting. As you might imagine, this is a very challenging problem. And so it was a lot of fun to work on that. So are there problems that you really enjoy solving? And then who would benefit by using your skills and understanding to solve it? Fifth, I have generated income by being a spokesperson. So are there products that you absolutely love? Are there organizations that you really want to get behind? So I had the privilege of being the health and wellness expert for Bartell Drugs. This is a chain of family-owned pharmacies in Washington State, and they've got a true commitment to their customers. So they hired me to deliver more value. Every week I made a little video about some topic that would improve the health and wellness of their customers and their families. I so appreciated their vision and their commitment. And whenever I get the chance, I talk about how great Bartell Drugs was. So could you imagine being a spokesperson for an organization like this? Are you using a product that you absolutely love? Well, if you watch the infomercials at 3 a.m., what you'll see is that there are many physicians talking about why they use a certain product. So there are many, many opportunities for you. Sixth, I've generated revenue as a coach. So you know what coaches do. They improve the levels of performance of individuals. Did you know that Tiger Woods has had like six different coaches who have taught him six different swings? You know, Tiger Woods is always interested in achieving higher levels of performance and most high performers do have coaches. I remember reading a great article by Atul Gawande in The New Yorker about his own experience as a surgeon hiring a coach. He realized that, hey, you know, I enjoy playing tennis. I'm hiring coaches all the time. 
why have I never considered hiring a coach to improve my surgical outcomes, my clinical performance? So he hired somebody who went into the operating room with him, made observations, and made recommendations about how he could improve his surgical skill. Now, he was already at a high level of performance, right? But even Olympic athletes have coaches. Are there transformations that you facilitate? Do you help people get from point A to point B? I remember speaking with a pediatrician who had a sub-sub-specialty. She helped kids with special needs sleep. Can you imagine her going out and coaching parents, taking the expertise that she has, and really transforming families' lives? The next thing I've done is created courses. A lot of these courses are delivered live. One of the reasons I love creating online courses so much is because I love leverage. I love the ability of doing more with less. So if I generate revenue as a speaker, I need to be there. I need to be delivering that talk. But once I create an online course, people can take the course whether I am at work, whether I'm on vacation, whether I'm sleeping. And isn't that a nice thing? Do you have a process that helps people get results that you could package and sell as an online course? If you think about it, being a speaker or an author or a coach or a consultant are just ways of taking your expertise and packaging it in different ways so that other people can benefit. Number eight, I have helped other organizations create and craft content that is consumable. So let me give you some examples. I was a medical editor for a consumer-based health publication with a monthly distribution of about $3 million, including the White House. There was even a custom copy for Air Force One. The whole idea was to give people simple, actionable ideas that could help them take control of their health. This was a wonderful opportunity. It gave me a sense about the difference between treating diseases and promoting health. Second, I got a strong sense that the way in which you deliver the message really matters. There was a time in which J&J was launching a caregiver initiative. I'd written a book about caregiving. They invited me to create content for them, and it was a wonderful experience. I got a chance to go to the launch in Washington, D.C. I had a chance to shake hands with Rosalind Carter. It was terrific. There are any number of writing opportunities that you can find online to write grants, to write instruction manuals, to write exams. So if you like this kind of thing, there are plenty of opportunities for you. Option number nine, build a company. Now, all of the activities that I've described so far, I have stepped in as a solopreneur. But if you want to make a really big difference, you're going to need a team. I was delivering actually a version of this presentation, what to do when you hang up the white coat at a surgical association meeting. And there... I heard a man speak who's probably the most famous person that you've never heard of, Dr. Fred Moll. He was actually a classmate of Bill Gates. He got his undergraduate degree in engineering and then 
followed the footsteps of his parents into medicine. He was in a surgical residency when laparoscopy was just being introduced. And he was kind of horrified at the idea of blindly putting trocars inside the belly. He took a leave of absence in order to create the safety trocar that became the standard of care, but he never went back and finished his residency. Instead, he built and sold two medical device companies and then went on to innovate in surgical robotics. In 2019, he sold his company, Oris, to J&J for $3.4 billion. I became a partner in an organization that licensed disruptive intellectual property developed at academic centers and then built companies around it. I was really excited about the license that we secured Ultimately, though, our dreams were not realized. So this kind of big venture comes with big risks too. But what I've learned in business is that you often fail your way to success. The last idea I'd like to share with you today is create a nonprofit. You can generate income from a nonprofit by giving yourself a salary as the executive director. So I personally formed a nonprofit to support family caregivers who are managing loved ones in chronic pain. People in chronic pain often become socially isolated, and I believe that it is this isolation that leads to the suffering. So I was helping family caregivers get and stay connected to people in pain. I developed this thing I called the connection prescription. It was sort of like the verbal CPR about how to stay connected. I had a vision of delivering my presentation across the libraries in the United States. But here's what I discovered. I spent most of my time raising funds rather than making a difference. And I decided that I would rather self-fund something like this than asking for money for most of my days. So you've just heard 10 ways that I have taken my experience, my expertise, and packaged it in different ways to make a difference in the lives of others and generate a very handsome income in so doing. All of these possibilities are open for you too. Remember that your value transcends your ability to treat any individual patient. Now, you might also notice that you are not hearing about me taking a job in industry. And there's a reason for that. I don't want to have a boss. I want to be my own boss. But if you are open to being employed, there are many, many more options for you. What do you think would be a good fit for you? Please feel welcome to leave your comments below. You're welcome to go to my Thriving Doctors website and sign up for a complimentary 15-minute consultation in a laser coaching session. I might be able to help you focus in on the activity that would be a great fit for you. So thanks so much for dropping by. I'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the Thriving Doctors podcast. Bye-bye for now.